Welcome to the Front Four Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Marchese. Alongside me is my co-host, good friend, longtime work associate, work wife, or husband, however, which way you want to look at our relationship. Good um, with either or. Yeah, we're, we're equal opportunity employers over here <laughs> at Front Four Fantasy. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at MattyMar89 and at J underscore party. So a little bit of background about us, Jeff and I have worked together or we've known each other for 10 years. I was an intern when Jeff was working at our current employer. Yeah. Uh, I was Jeff- fresh, fairly new though. So we restarted around the same time. Yeah. yeah and, you, and you were an annoying intern for, for a little bit. Before. You know, I look back on that and I was actually a really annoying <laughs> intern. But I did go get coffees and didn't complain about it. So, I mean. It's bugging I, me for my lineups, which now I hope you understand how annoying that is. Yes, that's very annoying. <laughs> so, uh, what is the Front Four Fantasy Podcast? Well, it's four fantasy football topics per show and then a little something extra to wrap things up at the end. Uh, that is pretty simple, right, Jeff? That is. The other way I look at it, Matty, is, uh, you know, four quarters in a game. We're going to hit you with four topics, go through four things, and then with a bit of a two-minute drill tender. And damn it, you're going to like it. And damn it, you're going to like it. All right. So uh, let's kick things well, off. Well, hang on. Let me add to that. So here's how it started. Matt had this idea. And to be fair, he's the Batman of this fantasy world. I'm the Robin. He, he, this was his world. I'm just living in it. He'll hit you with a lot more numbers probably than I will because he does a lot more work on it. Read him at sportsnet.ca. Go check him out. Go check out some of his pieces. Jeff just basically called me a loser because I have nothing better to do with my life. Hey, I'm the one doing the show numbers. from my basement, which is pretty obvious. So. I mean, hey, you're well, on air more though. So hey, well, when we make the big bucks, we'll both get uh, proper office <laughs> in-house studios. Yeah. If, we if I showed you what the rest of this room looked like, it wouldn't be very pretty. But I digress. Okay, so um, topic number one for today, we wanted to talk about offenses that we should be targeting. But we're going to kind of take, a, or at least I will take a little bit of a different spin on it. So you had some offenses that you were looking at. Um, because there's a lot of fantasy options on them, but the question always becomes how many guys can you actually rely on in these offenses? So which offenses were you looking at? Like teams that you want to be attached to. Well, specifically, Maddie, I'm looking at the ones that where you see three receivers in like three receivers that people tell you are worth are draft worthy, you know, because every run, every team has a running back you could uh, you could target and has uh, obviously their wide receiver and their second option. But there are some offenses and I counted six of them where we're told that uh, they have three receivers worth drafting this year. I have Tampa with Evans, Brown and, and uh, Godwin. There's obviously Pittsburgh, who we've heard about for two seasons now. Uh, Jacksonville, we know with the three juniors, uh, Chark, uh, Sh- LaVisca, Chenault Jr., and Jones. Dallas, we hear about their three receivers all the time. Uh, Cincinnati now, even after drafting Jamar Chase, as three res- receivers were told are worthy when you add in T. Higgins. Um, and Miami was a sixth one, I thought, that people throw, a, throw, throw names out there that are worthy. What are you saying? So... I just find this really interesting. So I, I had some offenses that, that I had um, in, you know, ones that you are told that you should target. So Dallas obviously is at the top of the list. And when you look at how guys are drafted, so Dak Prescott, I believe is going around QB five. Ezekiel Elliott's going RB five. This is all according to fantasy pros, by the way. I didn't check the the, the QB ADP, but I have a general idea of where they're going. Um, CeeDee Lamb is, is wide receiver 12. Amari Cooper is wide receiver 18. Michael Gallup's wide receiver 48. That all makes sense to me because Dak Prescott is being drafted as the fifth quarterback off the board. So that that makes a ton of sense to me because, okay, so Dak's going to have a monster year. That means he, he can – you like him in that spot, Matty? I do, do like, like him, him in that spot. Yeah, I'm not so worried about the, the injury that they're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I was going to say, coming off it, there's been some reports about shoulder and stuff. Any concern over that at all? Mm-hmm. Or no? Nah, I mean, there's always going to be some concern, especially coming off the injury he had last year. I know one was his ankle and, and one is a shoulder, but I, I'm not concerned. He's, he hasn't played in the preseason so i mean and, and let's chances. nail this down so the four by forum would be uh obviously mahomes josh uh, josh allen yeah uh, kyler murray and lamar jackson i believe that's how a, i think that's and russell wilson i think out. is slightly after him right yeah like, yeah he's, he's I, close yeah i, I would i'll I would check have, right now i know, would have so. aaron Rodgers. i would have aaron Rodgers in that in that top five you would, eh? probably wow. lamar yeah um so then we get to to cincinnati 
And Cincinnati is Joe Burrow, I QB 12 or 13. Uh, Jamar Chase is wide receiver 24. T. Higgins, wide receiver 29. Uh, Tyler Boyd's wide receiver 35. Joe Mixon's uh, running back 13. Something's got to give here because, like, is Joe Burrow going to support three 1,000-yard receivers coming off of an ACL tear? That, this, is the, this is the problem that I have. So yeah, there's I think, too many mouths to feed there. That's impossible. For sure. And I think but, Jamar Chase's value is too high in redraft. Personally. I'll say this. This is what I think what we're trying to do in this segment is judge if it's just that good of an offense where all these mouths can get fed or we're, there's just too many here. And like you said, for sure. with the production, there's not enough. Should you just take a gamble on one and who you think would hit out of the three? Yeah. So like in, in Dallas, I think you can absolutely get away with the, the, guy, the main guys that are at their value. Like Ezekiel Ali, RB5, I'm fine with. CeeDee Lamb, wide receiver 12, I'm fine with. Amari Cooper, wide receiver 18, I'm fine with. Michael Gallup as your fourth receiver, or in some cases your fifth receiver or as a flex option, I'm fine with him at wide receiver 48. Um, but, the, but the point I'm going to make here quickly is when you look at the Bengals specifically, Jamar Chase, wide receiver 24, Higgins 29, Boyd 35, Mixon 13. I like Higgins and I like Boyd in that offense, especially Boyd in PPR. Uh, I'm not sold on Joe Mixon as RB13. But then you look at a team that actually has a proven track record. They did this last year. They were successful. Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen, QB2. Stephon Diggs, wide receiver three. Now it's going to start to get real hairy here. And I don't Who's mean because the guy has long hair. Cole Beasley, wide receiver 56. Gabe Davis, wide receiver 68. Emmanuel Sanders, wide receiver 70. Zach Moss, running back 34. Devin Singletary, running back 39. Something doesn't make sense here. And well, I know sorry, I, I know why Cole Beasley's ADP is going down. Because people believe that, like, th listen, I'm not here to tell you what to believe in with your vax or anti-vax takes. That's not what I'm here for. I had a feeling you were going to go this way. What I'm here to tell you is, is that it doesn't matter what Cole Beasley believes in. He's still a good football player. He was a wide receiver three last year, and he's being drafted as a wide receiver like five or six. What are we doing here, people? Yeah, but here's my, my, my counter to that, Maddie. Do you have one person in mind to be that like second option behind – Stefan Diggs, that's going to rack up the points. Beasley. Like that—that's your guy, eh? But Last season see, to me, I, I could—I wouldn't surprise me if the Bills spread it around. In one week, Moss has a big week. One week, Emmanuel Sanders has a big week. One week, Cole, one Gabriel Davis looked amazing in the last preseason game. He could be another option as well. Like it wouldn't surprise surprise me if they spread that love around each week with Stefan being at the top of that food chain and everybody else getting their weeks but not being consistent. So I'm going to try and quickly pull up. Uh, Actually, I can't. Um, I might be able to. But anyway, I think Cole Beasley had four 100-yard receiving games last year. John Brown, he did was hurt a bit, but John Brown was still in the lineup a lot. And Gabe Davis was in the lineup all year. So that's what I'm saying. Like, Josh Allen threw for 4,500 yards last year. This is a proven offense. The running backs, whatever. The Bills don't want to run the ball. They, they, they want Josh to chuck it. They don't care. So that's what I'm saying. Like, even if the value is only Cole Beasley – it, that makes more sense to me if Cole Beasley is higher and then the other guys are lower, but you're telling me that Josh Allen isn't as good as, as Joe Burrow and somehow based on ADP, Joe Burrow can sustain three legit wide receivers, like three guys that are going to finish in the top 35. No, no, something's got to give here. And that's what I'm saying. So it's, it's a really interesting concept, but yes, I'm with you. I think you need to pick one and settle with it i don't think you can go and say hey you know what i, I want i want all these guys i'm going to trade for all these guys I'm, no no you can't do that okay pick one and for me i'm going with the guy with the highest floor so in in a in a situation like cincinnati i know i can get boyd later right i'm going to take boyd because i think he's got the better floor in a place like san francisco it's kittle it's Ayuk, it's debo it's sermon it's Mostert. I take Debo before I take any of those guys, unless I'm really keen on taking a tight end early. I'm taking Debo because I think the production is going to be similar, but I'm going to be able to get better value earlier. Uh, Denver's the same. Judy, wide receiver 31. Sutton, wide receiver 34. No offense. 
tight end seven. Javante Williams is RB26. And especially this close to the draft, guys like Judy are climbing up the charts while Cortland Sutton's still like either staying where he is or dropping a bit. So which guy, like in there, I think they're ranked around the same place ADP wise. So which guy, yeah. like you said, are you going to get more value at? So Judy's three spots ahead of Sutton. And before this, before right. everything started to go crazy, um, when the preseason game started, Judy was behind Sutton. And yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's been yeah. climbing. He's been shooting up the charts. And so he's maybe going- you get more value out of Sutton drafting him a little bit later on. You probably do, but the problem is, is Teddy Bridgewater throwing him the ball. <laughs> so he's going to throw the ball, what, seven yards down the field? That doesn't help Cortland Sutton. I'll tell you it helps. Jerry Judy It's going to help Javante Williams. It's going to help Noah Fant. And Jerry Judy's going to finish with 130 catches for 600 yards and three touchdowns. He's going to have a, he's going to have a yards per reception of six yards because Teddy Bridgewater's throwing the ball. I'm, I'm just talking in jest, of course. Um, it's only going to be – it's going to be 130 catches – for 700 yards, not 600. Um, okay, this kind of brings us to a conversation about- hey, Can I add one stat to what you're just saying? Sure. That I did the result. Here's what I found. So I just, I gave you six offenses that I thought I liked because they had three receivers that people are telling you to draft, mm-hmm. right? The last time that happened was 2019, where same thing, six teams had three receivers and I believe it was like the top 75 or whatever people were telling you to draft. And that year, none of them, they had all three receivers finish in the top 50 and only one had two in the top 36 last year. There were four teams where they had three receivers that people were telling you to draft and only one of them. And I believe it was the Steelers had three, had all three receivers finish in the top 50. And I believe that was the first time in, yeah, in all three years uh, that that happened. And there were only, there was only one, two that had two in the top 36. Like that same team is the only one that had two receivers, top 36, and that third receiver finished in the top 50. Okay. It's crazy. And, I'll, and I'll tell you the one team that didn't have players that you were, that everybody was saying to draft and they had three guys finish, I think in the top 30 was Carolina. Nobody was talking about drafting Curtis Samuel. And they were talking about drafting DJ Moore and maybe Samuel. They were talking about drafting Robbie Anderson that high. And that, why did that happen? Because Christian McCaffrey got hurt. And he usually gets 130 targets. So it's a really like, here's the other thing, Jeff. Pittsburgh has the three wide receivers. They're all, they're all within what wide receiver 36 or whatever. It and is. a rookie running back. Everyone's going nuts on. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Ben Roethlisberger is going off the board at like QB 24. I don't know. You tell me, how is that possible? Guy's going to finish <laughs> QB 24 and he's going to have three wide receivers finish in the top 36 crazy, and a running back in the top 12. Somebody's gone crazy, and it ain't me. Well, I'll give you this, though. They look good in their preseason. If that offensive line holds up, they give him time to throw the ball. He could be okay. I know you're not high on Roethlisberger, but, I mean, he's slimmed down. He looks okay, but I don't know. Yeah, you're right. He Being ranked that low is crazy. I just worry about him being able to throw the ball downfield. I mean, it's good for Juju Smith-Schuster and and Najee Harris, but I don't know about about the rest of them. Um, We will get to one of the Pittsburgh Steelers receivers uh, later in this episode. I can promise you that. Um, okay, so we talked about offenses that we want to target. What about running back handcuffs that we want to target? So I'll start this by saying um, I have I have a, a running back handcuff story. Uh, I rostered J.K. Dobbins on one of my dynasty teams, and I did kind of sort of not really have a deal in place for Gus Edwards about a month and a bit ago. The deal didn't end up happening because a guy dealt another running back and he didn't want to deal with Gus Edwards. And ho-hum down goes J.K. Dobbins. And now Gus Edwards becomes an RB2 player. Oh, we, in, and in how many times have we seen this? We saw it with Cam Akers a little bit earlier. And last year, like, let's look at all the running backs that went down. Yeah. And you, were, you were looking at their handcuffs and seeing who was going to get the same work, right? Look at K- Christian McCaffrey, the biggest one last year, right? Mike Davis got a huge contract out of it. Yep. I mean, you seen PPM, which is making people uh, argue about what his worth is this year because they're wondering if they can withstand the, uh, the workload because he looked like he was breaking down by the end of it last year. So – that's so this is where the conversation kind of stems about what we just said attaching yourself to a good offense even with handcuffs so Gus Edwards is with the is with the Ravens we know that the Ravens are going to want to run the ball an absolute ton a ton so Gus Edwards is a handcuff that you want in a situation like like Arizona where both guys are being drafted around the same ADP. The same thing goes for Buffalo with Singletary and Moss. 
you just want one. You don't want both. When the ADPs are so close, it's so hard. That that generally means you're not getting good. both of them. You should exactly, I'm, I'm, and and you're, they're generally going to be in a timeshare. So right. it's kind of hard to to gauge what's going to which one's going to have better value. Like I could probably say with comfort that Chase Edmonds is going to have better value in PPR than James Conner is. Generally speaking, he's also been healthier than James Conner has. But then you look at a situation like Carolina, and we saw what happened in Carolina last season, where Mike Davis, generally speaking, was used like Christian McCaffrey was. Maybe not to the greatest extent, but Mike Davis had 70 targets last season. Okay, and Christian McCaffrey only played three games. So in that type of situation, we know already what the offense is going to look like if the main guy goes down. We know that Chuba Hubbard is going to have immense value if Christian McCaffrey goes down. I can't say the same thing for if Zach Moss goes down, that Devin Singletary, or vice versa. Well, we saw it last year, right? Yeah, yeah well, they don't even run the ball. So yeah. is, is it worth it? In some situations, it's absolutely worth it. Like, I want to attach myself to the Carolina offense. I want to attach myself to the Green Bay offense. Like, I want A.J. Dillon, and even to a greater extent, I want Kylan Hill on deeper rosters because we've seen in the past, Jamal Williams said like, 750 some odd yards last season total and I think he had three touchdowns and he played every game because Aaron Jones played every game so there is some value there another one is what's going to happen in New Orleans like Tony Jones Jr. is the is the backup running back right now and Latavius Murray and I know all this stuff not because I'm smart because I just researched this for my article (laughs) so Latavius Murray had 800 plus all-purpose yards the last two seasons as the backup in New Orleans and he had five or more touchdowns in those two seasons that's good value for a guy that is quote-unquote a backup running back it's a guy that you know on a bye week on a whim you could probably throw him in and I do wonder how much they're going to use Kamara out of the slot and out wide because Michael Thomas isn't there and what that's going to do is they're going to not have him run as much. They maybe give him more targets, but, oh, here's Tony Jones Jr. Here, run the ball. So is he going to get 120 carries, 130 carries? Might very well. Could be very valuable. So those are the types of offenses that you want to attach yourself to. Um, there's some that I just want to stay away from. And Buffalo would be one of them. In the way I've been looking at him, Maddie, especially like you said, like some of these have their running backs very close together, but I'm looking at the ones who could steal that starting job. The ones who maybe will take over for like um, whether it's an injury or just that will play them, like especially young guys coming up, and if they can maintain the workload that you expect from these from these um, from the starter running back. Like I'm looking in, in Denver with Javante Williams, right? Looking at the Jets with Michael Carter, and I'm looking at even at San Francisco with Trey Sermon. Like are those guys if they get the opportunity and they do well, will they become the number one guy, and will they get a will they get a heavy workload? What, I what think I, some of those guys. I think Javante Williams is already the starting running back. Yeah, I think fair. I think Melvin Gordon's probably he might not be done, but I think they want to feature Javante Williams. Um, Trey Sermon is an interesting one because I think Mostert's ADP was running back. Oh, I have it here: running back twenty-seven, Sermon running back thirty-one. And the other one I love is the one you already mentioned was AJ Dillon, right? Like if anything happens to Aaron Jones, I think AJ Dillon just steps into that role and they don't miss a beat. Like he gets the amount of carries that, that uh, you would expect. And, and dude, I don't know from what I saw out of that guy last year, he's got talent and he's a big back, like a yeah. hard guy to bring down. Big boy quads, big boy quads. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Dylan, absolutely. I think Dylan might have some standalone value as a flex play. I'm not saying that that's going to be something that you're going to see every week. Um, but I think you could do a lot worse in your RB4 position than A.J. Dillon, especially because of what the value is. Um, what was the other one that you had said there? Michael Carter from the Jets? Yeah. So the Jets one is a really interesting one in, Me that, I in that I don't – Tevin Coleman, as of right now, is this, you know, quote-unquote start. I know. Tevin and there's Coleman's some hype around him going into this, this season, which yeah, we I don't get fully get. Every year. Yeah, get he's never been year. a number one guy. Like, he's no. always – I mean – if anything, he gets the goal touches, right? Like he's your favorite word, the vulture. Mike Tolbert, the <laughs> TD vulture. TD vulture, my favorite. Uh, but Carter's interesting because he's the best cat pass catching back in New York. So I think that there's value there. I also think that Tevin Coleman just can't withstand a full season. So he's going to get hurt. 
I actually think the guy who may have the safer floor because he's shown well in the preseason, his ADP is, is low enough that he's worth the gamble is Ty Johnson. I, I, I just look at that situation and say, Michael Carter is going to be the primary pass catching back. Ty Johnson's going to get early downward and Tevin Coleman's going to end up finding his way to the sideline. I know Robert Sala had him in San Francisco and he probably likes the guy. And I just don't see him being as anything more than, you know, a guy that's going to be your, your third running back. Eventually talent wins out. And I think that Ty Johnson has showed that he has more talent than Tevin Coleman and Michael Carter is going to be really interesting, but I think he has standalone PPR value this season. Let me bring up one more for you, Maddie. How about Devontae Booker with the Giants? How much do you trust uh, uh, Saquon Barkley's uh, return to health and getting the same workload he used to get? Well, I, I'm, I'm wheels up on Saquon Barkley. I am, I am so, so, so in on him, especially. I've been seeing him go. Um, so I've done some underdog best ball drafts. I got him at pick 109. And I'm like... I don't care if he doesn't even play the first two weeks. The guy's yeah. a league winner. So I. Do you I think mean, the Giants uh, ease up on his workload though, given the injury, and worry about it happening again? That's early my in the concern. year, yeah. yeah. But I think okay. by I think by week five he's back up to twenty touches a week. Right. Okay. I, the Giants need it. If yeah, the Giants, Daniel Jones is so bad that they're going to need somebody to at least alleviate some of the pressure and someone else that you have to account for. They've got playmakers. Daniel Jones just sucks. So Saquon will help at least alleviate some of that pressure. And as it pertains to Booker, because we've seen Saquon Barkley's injury history, if you have Saquon Barkley, you might need to reach, you know, one round to get Devontae Booker because you need to lock that up. Having said that, we also saw that anybody else on that Giants offense after Saquon got hurt that went in was not very productive. Like Wayne Dolman, he was fine. But his yards per carry was garbage because the offensive line's so awful. It's garbage. And yeah. and his and his fantasy season was carried by all the touchdowns that he scored. I think he scored like <laughs> six in in six games or whatever it was. So, so it's hard that you can't you can't bank on that on a bad offense. So okay, and I'm gonna give you one more on top of that, just to flip on the Saquon one. How about let's go to Carolina? What about Chuba Hubbard stepping in there and backing up McCaffrey? Like, do you think he gets more kid? Like, there's a bigger time split there or uh, share split? I think he is going to, I think Chuba is going to have value. I, I mean, you don't, they didn't bring in anybody else and they let Mike Davis go. So he's the primary guy. And I think they are very well aware that if they want to make the playoffs or if they're going to be able to get into the playoffs and he's going to be healthy, they're going to have to not give him 24 touches a week. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's what he was at or pretty close to it, yeah. but you know, he's coming off of, of injuries that we don't even know what, kind of happened like he had the shoulder injury and i mean all signs point to him being healthy but he only played three games last season Mm -hmm. and what we did see and i mentioned it earlier we saw what the backup becomes if the starter gets hurt in carolina mike davis was great last year like i said i think he had 70 targets or something crazy like that and and he was good in the role Chuba Hubbard, I think, is more talented than Mike Davis. Like, I mean, I could be wrong, but I'm, I'm pretty sure he's more talented than Mike Davis. And he's going to offer some value. I don't know if he has standalone value because I don't think he does. But again, if you're drafting McCaffrey, because you're probably drafting him first overall, better lock up that backfield. So I, I think I think there's, there's some value in certain backfields, but there's some that you're just like, nah, I don't really care. I'll just, I'll take somebody else's handcuff in that same spot. You know, like, I, so in this case, do I want Moss and Singletary? Nah, I'll just take Moss and the, or Singletary. And I'll oh, take for like, the upside. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, I'll, and I'll just take, like, Sony Michelle to back up Daryl Henderson in case he gets hurt because he's always – And those are guys who can give you spot starts, like play them against the defense they're playing against, right? Like, yeah. it's a good matchup. Maybe you can you get something. And they might, you know, with offenses like Buffalo, if they're up big, maybe they get some garbage yards at the end that can build up some points, right? Like, they better. Know. I want to see lots of garbage <laughs> yards. Um, All right, on to the quarterback discussion. Elite quarterbacks and where to draft them. So Mahomes, we talked about this earlier. Mahomes, Allen, uh, Jackson, Prescott, Murray, Rogers. Those are kind of your top six. Right. Um, 
I personally, I don't reach on the quarterback. I just, I can't, I, I, I can't do it because I just, but is there a spot? Like if Mahomes is still sitting there way past his ADP, will you grab him or is just not worth it at that point? There's still too many good receivers, running backs, even a tight end on the board that maybe you grab like that. So when when I'm doing my pre-draft rankings now, that's the only thing I'm looking at. Like if he falls to this spot, do I take him or do I not? Yeah. It's the, it's the break class in case of emergency. Right, right. So, okay, so here's so because if everybody listens to what we're doing, Maddie Mahomes is going to be on the board late. (laughs) Should be, yeah. One QB leagues, he should. Um, by the way, he didn't finish as QB one last year and was drafted. No, last year, top two were Josh Allen and Kyler Murray. They're yeah. the two biggest uh, fantasy point getters, and they were drafted. I what like one was around sixty, I believe, like fifty eight, and the other one was even way later. Yeah, like, Murray would have been earlier, and yeah. Allen would have been later. And Aaron yeah. Rodgers was drafted at like QB eight or whatever. I think he finished third. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so here's how I kind of determine it. This is all you have to do quick math on your feet when you're when you're you know in your drafts, especially on a short clock, but. I do not believe that there is a discrepancy, enough of a discrepancy between Mahomes and the next five guys at quarterback. So if Mahomes is at, let's say, 25 points per game and Aaron Rodgers is at 23. So are you making up the difference in what you would pick with each guy at their ADP? So, for example, if I'm choosing between Patrick Mahomes and Austin Eckler, Austin Eckler let's say puts up 18 points a week. And, and if I'm going to take Austin Eckler, that means I could take Aaron, jo- uh, Aaron Rodgers later. So the guy that would be closest to Aaron Rodgers is Deontay Johnson. So let's say that Deontay Johnson is 14 points a week for argument's sake. So there's a four-point difference between, per week between Eckler and Johnson, and there is a two-point difference between Mahomes and Rodgers. So by taking Eckler and Rodgers, I'm ahead. And if I have to choose, like, are we, do we really believe that Patrick Mahomes is going to score like 80 more points than Aaron Rodgers if they're both healthy? No, I don't think so. So the discrepancy might not even be that much, but Austin Eckler and Deontay Johnson, like if, if we say that, that Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers are equal in value and redraft, do we think that Austin Eckler and Deontay Johnson are equal? Yeah, no kidding. Because they're not. So that's, you have to make that decision on the spot. And if you like stacking wide receivers and tight ends with quarterbacks or whatever, that's fine. I'm not, I'm not big on that for redraft. I'm, big, I'm bigger on that for best ball, as you should be. But I, I just don't, I don't see the value in taking a quarterback so early and then missing out. Because if you, if you take, let's say you get Aaron Jones with your first round pick. Okay. And then you take Patrick Mahomes in the second round. Well, what are you left with as your RB two? maybe Chris Carson, which I mean, Chris Carson's a good player. I like Chris Carson, but is Chris Carson as good as Austin Eckler could be in PPR? Well, the answer is no. So even if you want to take those two, pray that Mahomes falls to you in the third round, fine. But if you're that adamant at taking a quarterback in the third round, then you might be able to get Josh Allen at pick 30. And Josh Allen may outscore Patrick Mahomes. So I just don't, I just don't see the value in drafting elite quarterbacks that early because you could get elite quarterbacks later on. So Jeff, where do you stand on these QBs and where to draft them? Like how early do you want to reach on a quarterback? Okay. Now I will say this. I think there's been a big uproar because like last year we saw one of the best years we ever saw for QBs, you know, and, and there are QBs that rush now like there were four QBs last year that rushed for at least 500 yards like you know if you're getting that rushing QB with that dual threat like yeah maybe I want to put them higher now like you I'm never going to reach way too early I'd rather have that running back or that wide receiver maybe even a tight end but uh, I think the one thing you have to consider is that like last year 24 quarterbacks managed to average at least 20 fantasy points per game but there was a huge gap between them and the ones after them Um, like it's crazy they're after those like I don't, it's it just insane to me. Like, I think there's a huge drop off after you pick the QBs you like, the ones you think are going to like hit this year or give you that consistency. But then if you don't, like, if you miss out on all those, like, I don't know, 
like you have to make sure you hit it. But yeah, I'm waiting till at least probably like the fifth, sixth round would be the absolute earliest I would draft one of those top end QBs. Yeah, and there's guys that we didn't even mention in the top six or in my top six anyway that could absolutely creep in there. Like, do I think Jalen Hurts is going to creep into the top ten, uh, top eight or whatever? I don't, but he offers you a good floor because he rushes the ball so well. Like we could absolutely see a, you know, Lamar Jackson type, season from him but also like we haven't talked about Matthew Stafford Matthew Stafford could absolutely finish in the top five and he's a guy that you don't have to reach at all for and and there's also Justin Herbert like Justin Herbert was excellent last year he's offensive rookie of the year and he, and he you expect him to double game. that though Matty I don't know like I, it's, it's so hard to say because I think that the team is really good and they get Eckler back so I think that adds some some more protection for Herbert and, you know, a guy like Mike Williams is in the last year of his deal. And we've seen what happens with guys like that. They go, they blow up and all of a sudden you're like, Oh, okay. That's where that guy was. Keenan Allen could absolutely finish in the top eight or five in receiving this season with, with Herbert for a full year. So, I mean, it's, it's very possible. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't throw it out of the realm of possibility, but I do believe that Matthew Stafford would be more likely to finish higher uh, than Justin Herbert. Well, here's, and here's the other thing I'm looking at this year that I find to be a really interesting concept that you can go into your draft with. There's so many young QBs and rookie QBs that maybe you take a chance on them, but then you, you also draft like a veteran one that can give you spot starts or that could start off the season different, right? Like take a chance on a Ben, a big Ben or take a chance on a Fitzpatrick. And then at the side, maybe go out and get yourself a Trey Lance or Justin Fields for when they start um, um, starting to put in like Baker Mayfield has a great, uh, great uh, two first weeks of the season, right? Like you're going to expect them to throw for big yards. He could be your buffer until you get to Justin Fields. Like that's another angle. I think you can go where you draft a young QB and while you wait for him to start, you kind of take a veteran that, you know, can step in or if anything happens with the rookie, you, you, you still got him on your bench to put back in. Those, those two guys that you mentioned could absolutely be league winners. And because their ADP is so low, um, like Trevor Lawrence, you can't necessarily, I mean, you could do that and take him, but he's starting right from the beginning. You know, what's funny with him, man. I think he's like, like that last preseason game, he looked better. I don't know if it was after they got rid of Gardner Minshew. He's just more relaxed, not fighting for his job. It's just, and it, to me, it's all about how much that offensive line can hold up in Jacksonville. I don't know if they can protect him all year. I'm, he's got the weapons. He's got weapons around him. I'm telling you that um, I'm not, I'm not sold that he's going to be a guy that you can rely on this year. I'm not saying he's he's a bad quarterback because he's not, but I don't trust what's going on there. I don't like the offensive line, and I don't like Urban Meyer because I think Urban Meyer is a fraud. <laughs> as an NFL yeah, that's coach. a different one. Yeah. yeah, that's a totally different topic for another day. Okay, exactly. so let's let's wrap up our fourth topic, and we're going to go with a little this guy or that guy, and it's going to be two players that are drafted around the same ADP, and which one would you rather have? So I will start, and I will go high on the running back board. Oh. I usually don't like to do this, but I'm going to go high on the running back board. Nick Chubb, RB4, or Aaron Jones, RB5. Now, let's say that this is PPR scoring, because you should be playing PPR scoring, and standard is not standard. Anymore. I'll let you <laughs> have that. that tell way. him, Maddie. Preach. Preach. Tell him. Okay, so Chubb or Jones. All right. Well, here's what I'm going to say to those. Neither of those guys, um, I don't think is a lose. I think you're good with both of them. Like looking at last year's stats and this uh, first thing I'm like, well, let me check their stats. The most efficient runners with a minimum of 70 attempts last year were Aaron Jones and Nick Chubb, both with 5.6 yards per carry. And the next, like even more than Derrick Henry, Miles Sanders and J.K. Dobbins was after them at 5.3 and Henry was at 5.2. So in terms of stats, I don't know. As long as they're healthy and in the game, I don't think you can go wrong with either of them. The guy I think I'd choose would be Nick Chubb. Aaron Jones, I'm not, uh, and this is just based on my own opinion. Like Aaron Jones, I don't trust his health. Like he, he's, he's had an ability to not always stay healthy. And also I expect like, you know, I do believe there'll be games where Baker Mayfield isn't at his best and they'll rely more heavily on the run game. So Chubb will pick up extra yards there. What do you say, Maddie? I'm going with Aaron Jones. Oh, and the reason why we go. go. So We're I, starting. Think, I think Nick Chubb is the best pure runner in the NFL. I think he's actually a better pure runner than Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is a bulldozer. So that's a totally different world that he lives in. But pure runner, I think it's Nick Chubb. However, 
in PPR, hit Nick Chubb's value is limited a little bit by the presence of Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt. And, and Nick Chubb was great last year. He got hurt and he was still a monster and finished ahead of, you know, plenty of running backs. I think he finished yep. as an RB2, if I'm not mistaken, For and sure. missed a bunch of time. He may have been a low-end RB1, but I can't remember. Um, but I'm still taking Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, proven track record, uh, scores a bunch of touchdowns. Um, A.J. Dillon's there, yes, but Aaron Jones, I believe, is more talented. And I would go with Aaron Jones because I just think he plays so much better in a PPR format because he is a game breaker when he gets the ball in his hands in open space. And he just gets more of an opportunity to have that as a pass catcher than Nick Chubb does. So I'm going with Aaron Jones, but I agree with you. I'd be happy with either of them. Okay, now let me throw, I'm going to throw a wide receiver at you. Let's go here. And this is around the 107-108 mark. We have LaVisca Chanel Jr. and Corey Davis at the Jets, who's I think being billed as their wide receiver number one, right? Like Yes. So one is, okay, so there is a lot of LaVisca Chenault love in the fantasy community. I mean, I, 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 I sort of understand. He's talented. He's athletic. He makes plays. They use he's got that, like, formation. running back body, dude. He's hard to bring down. Like, he For gets sure. the yards after the carry. That's why. Oh, sorry. Oh, your, your turn to go. I'll let you finish before so, I give my take. But I think okay. you know where I'm going now. <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure I figured it out. But I'm going to disagree with you. And I'm going to go with Corey Davis. And – Part of the reason why I'm going with Corey Davis is that he's going to be the number one guy in New York. Even Elijah Moore, he's there. He's not going to be the number one guy. It's going to be Corey Davis. Corey Davis was really good last year in Tennessee. He finished just shy of a thousand yards and he missed the game. So he probably would have hit that plateau. What we've seen in Zach Wilson's first three starts in the NFL, even if it's the preseason, the only guy he seems to look at is Corey Davis. So, could we be seeing a Corey Davis 130 target type year? For sure we can. Do I think LaVisca Chenault's going to get 130 targets? No, I don't. Cause I think DJ Chark's a better receiver. So I'm just going to take the guy who I think has the higher upside because he's the number one guy. I, again, Chenault's talented, but I think that Corey Davis's ADP is probably a little too low for what I think he's going to provide this season. So, uh, I already know what you're going to say. So I'm yeah, I know, but Corey actually Davis. that you're giving me a different way to look at it. I didn't think about it that way. And that's a great point. Like just out of uh, sheer volume, you're right. Corey Davis might be the better play. I just, like I said, I think LaVisca is going to become uh, Trevor Lawrence's favorite target. I think they will have some chemistry and just by his ability for uh, after the catch yards or plays like, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm buying the hype on LaVisca Chanel. Let's just say that. You just like his dreads. That's true too. And the name. I just like saying the name. I want him on my team. Man. I'm gonna get I'm gonna grow. I'm gonna have dreads like the <laughs> Your hair's almost long enough. I know. I know. Uh okay, I'm gonna go back to the wide receiver position. And right. I'm gonna go with D- a couple of DJs. Not mixing DJs. DJ <laughs> Moore, wide receiver 21, or Deontay Johnson, wide receiver 22. All right. Um Again, no stats really to back this up, and I'll be upfront with that. I know Maddie likes his stats, so we're probably going to differ on I this. I don't one. have any for – well, I do have some for this, but okay. I, I will ahead. say this too. DJ Moore broke my heart last year, so I'm a bit scolded by him. Um, I was told to keep him. I was told he was going to have a monster year, and he was hot and cold. There were days where he didn't do much, so I'm a little bit scolded by him. I think Deontay Johnson has some upside. Um I'm not really high on either of these players to be completely honest with you, Matt, but I think I take Deontay Johnson just because I believe in Ben and that offense a little bit more. Okay. Um, I'm going to leave it at that. Just keep it simple like that. Um, But yeah, that's my take on those guys. I believe in the Steelers a little bit more. Again, I like their offensive line and giving uh, Ben a little bit of time. So even if he doesn't like, you know, we talked about their three receivers. I think he will find Deontay Johnson and he will have plays. So I'm going with DJ Moore. And I am a noted I, DJ. I love Moore that we haven't truther. agreed on one. We yet, haven't agreed on one. I yeah. love it. I love it. Um, I'm a noted DJ Moore truther. So DJ Moore, the last two seasons, has finished just shy of 1,200 yards receiving in each of the last two seasons with mediocre to terrible quarterback right. play. 
And and terrible games at times. See, this is the only thing I'd look at. I'd look at the consistency because some games he would go off and then other games he'd get nothing. And as a fantasy owner, I just hate getting frustrated like that. I want a guy in my lineup I can trust. Yes, for sure. I'll tell you this. Uh, Historically, so I I went and I did an article on DJ Moore or had him in one of my articles about people that you should target later in the season or after the first. DJ Moore is like god awful the first five weeks of every year like terrible <laughs> maybe that's i don't know what it is but dude and that, i'll say this unreal. to you let me add one more thing he hasn't looked good to me in the preseason at all i know they're kind of getting used to that offense and stuff but he hasn't looked good to me at all like i just i, I don't know i don't trust that carolina offense at all this year that's okay it. so teddy bridgewater threw 15 touchdowns last season that was mm-hmm. the only guy that threw less touchdowns than him that finished in the top 20 was cam newton he threw eight um that's because he ran in like a thousand but DJ Moore has, like I said, has those back-to-back seasons where he's just shy of 1,200 yards. If DJ Moore has three more touchdowns, so I think he had three and four the last two seasons. If he has three more touchdowns, I know it's a fluke stat. We are talking about him in the same light that we talk about Stefan Diggs, AJ Brown, Justin wow. Jefferson, all of them. So I will take my chances on a guy that is going to put up yardage with a coach that I think is very, very good, especially an offensive minded guy. I'm taking that every day. And that's nothing against Deontay Johnson, but I think that DJ Moore can finish as a wide receiver one. I think that Sam Darnold's in the best position that he's been in, in his career with better weapons than he's ever had. I think we're actually going to see how good he is. And, Without I mean, a doubt. I don't believe in him. I think he's inconsistent too, but again, you're right. We will find out. We'll what he find really out. Is but, this year. But and again, he's got weapons. He's got the weapons. Even even with okay, DJ Moore had almost 1,200 yards with Kyle Allen, Will <laughs> Greer, and a broken Cam good. Newton for two games throwing him the ball. Give me DJ Moore, all of it, everywhere I can. All right, cool. All right, I'm, I'm fired up. See you not. Yeah, there. okay. I guess for me too, the Pittsburgh like Carolina's got the bunny, better running game. How many of those touchdowns go to the running backs? Anyways, we'll see. We'll find out. Anyways, that's good. Okay, okay so let's. More. I got one more for you, and we'll switch up positions again. I'll take you to tight end. These guys are going just before the hundred uh, ADP mark, and I will. To be fair, there is a player in between them, um, but the two uh, Jarvis Landry is slashed right in between these guys in ADP, but it's Dallas Goddard. Uh, who's tight end nine and Noah fan who's tight end 10. Oh, Which one of those two are you take? You're killing me, Smalls. Um, <laughs> oh, I love Noah fan. I do. I think that Noah fan's athletic profile is absolutely incredible. Um, and I do think that Teddy Bridgewater being the quarterback in Denver is actually a good thing for Noah fan. Because right. that's – Let's say this. The one thing that hindered him last year, like he has that big play opportunity, but the one thing he didn't do last year was score touchdowns. Yeah. And he was he hurt. Had a, he had like an he, issue throwing it. Yeah, he was hurt. He was hurt. He but the when he was injury. on the field, even on big, big, uh, big plays and big games that he had, like he'd have, a, he, he was never found in the end zone really. Like, yeah. Man, I want to look this up, but like his touchdowns were like an extreme low last year. Like it was crazy. Yeah. But he's historically, Noah Fant has like a similar um, stat line to some of the greatest tight ends that we've seen. Like it's something like 1100 yards in the first two seasons is up there with guys like Gronkowski and Kelsey and like legitimate Kittle. But having said all that, and this is where it pains me to say this, but I think in redraft, I probably, if they're going around the same one, I'm probably going with Dallas Goddard. And the reason is, is I just don't like any of the pass catchers outside of Devonta Smith in that Philadelphia offense. Now, having said that, I don't know how much I trust Jalen Hurts to throw the ball to them, but (laughs) Jalen Hurts seemed to have a really good rapport in the four games that he played with Dallas Goddard. So having said all that about how I love Noah Fenton, waxing poetic about it, I think I'm probably taking Dallas Goddard ahead of him. And I don't blame you, Maddie. Like, it just looked it up. Yeah. He had three touchdowns each of the last two years. Uh, you know, Goddard was hurt and in, in four less games, Goddard had the same number, but the year before he had five touchdowns, even again in fewer games. Like, yeah, Goddard, and and you're right, just 
we talked about that Denver offense earlier. There's so many mouths to feed. There's, there's a lot of receivers there that can make plays. The running back game might be okay. Like we talked about, like, yeah, I'm with you, man. And, and young, and young QBs, especially historically have low, once they get in the red zone, look at their tight end as the main target in that red zone. So I think Goddard, as long as he can stay healthy, could have a big year, Yeah, a big year or score some touchdowns that puts his numbers over the top. Yeah. I think, I think Goddard's a good, a good option there. He could be the number one, target i mean it's probably devonta I mean, smith but it, it dallas goddard could i still do worry a little bit about Ertz. i know he was not very good like he was actually terrible last year but he's still there and i just wonder how much he takes away but we've also seen we've also seen the eagles put up good numbers with both tight ends in the lineup so i mean it's not out of the realm of possibility that it, yeah. dallas goddard takes on the previous role that Ertz had so yeah i mean it's i still I love no fan, but I think I got it. I know. Well, it's crazy to me even that his ADP is that high, even though given what you just said and given what you see on the field, how athletic he is, how big and strong he is, like in those numbers, like it's crazy to me he goes that low. Like, yeah. Bad, bad quarterback play gives people the wrong opinion on things. It's true. Like Drew Locke has been awful. I don't think it's all Drew Locke's fault. I think Teddy Bridgewater offers a, a higher floor like or a lower ceiling. But the guy who can't throw the ball down the field, like it's all short, help. little, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Time for the two minute drill. So we're done our topics for today, and there's some newsy stuff that we want to get to before we end today's show. So Carson Wentz on the COVID list, already a shortened camp after the foot injury. Um, he was already a stay away for me. Uh, still a stay away for me now, probably even more. Um, I'm assuming based on your nodding that Carson Wentz is also a stay away for you. Yeah, I just, I haven't seen enough. I don't trust his health. Like, I don't know. Maybe if I need him on my bench, if I need a backup quarterback late, and especially nobody early in the season, I'll take a flyer on him. But yeah, he's not on my radar at all. Okay, Trey Lance will be out a week with a, whatever a chip is in his finger. I don't know what that is. Is it broken? Is it fractured? What is it? Um, this, this may even help uh, his ADP drop a little bit in the coming week and a half, I guess. Um, he's currently going as QB 20, according to fantasy pros. So the question I pose to you is, does Trey Lance sit the whole year? Um, Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't really stay healthy, but when do you expect that Trey Lance will be the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers? See, the crazy thing is, weren't they even talking about some kind of like split between the two yeah, uh, that's quarterbacks? Gonna, yeah, that's going to Yeah, suck. I don't know how that's going to work. It's a little bit, I don't know if that's just coach speak or whatever. It scares me a little bit. But I think at some point in the season, like it won't be deniable what Trey Lance can do, especially with the weapons around him. Like, uh, yeah, I, 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 when do I expect them to start fully? Um, I'd have to look at the schedule, but I'd say at least midway through the season. Like, I think you give him a couple weeks and if that feel, if that finger heals, all right, then, um, like, like I'm, I'm good. I'm good with taking a chance on him. I, I have him starting week six and I think yeah, that's okay. a lot that's earlier than people think, but I have him starting week six. Okay. Last, last note. It is a QB note as well. Bill Belichick says they have a lot of decisions to make in regards to their starting QB job. Who starts week one for the New England Patriots? Uh, <laughs> as long as Cam doesn't make any more bad decisions, I think he still gets to start. I think it just fits the Belichick's plan. I think Belichick just speaks like that. But actually, like, I'm starting to think Mac Jones gets more playing time this year than I originally anticipated, man. I think eventually in pretty, maybe even early in the season, he steps in and does a job there he's looked he's looked pretty good if if cam newton stumbles i think that that leash is really short and the reason why i'm saying that is if mac jones didn't look good in the preseason then we wouldn't be having this conversation but he's looked good and i think that's when the leash started to get a little bit shorter on cam newton and but I still, yeah they still give him the opportunity to start the season i, I absolutely does. think that yeah. cam newton is the week one starter in new Me england too. Yeah, you can't, you can't, you got to go with the veteran there. But if Cam Newton can't complete any passes with the guys that they brought in, Cam Newton will be out of a job very, very quickly because the Patriots don't want to miss the playoffs for a second straight year. And the other thing I'm curious about that offense, Matthew, is when we see both tight ends in that lineup that they brought in along with Jacoby Myers and stuff, like how's that offense click with those two tight ends and Jacoby Myers? I'll tell you this, they're probably better off with Mac Jones as the quarterback. Yeah, (laughs) fair enough. Like I I said, rookie QBs like their tight ends. I think if you look, maybe I'll have the staff for the next one, but rookie QBs and then their connection or their completion rate with uh, tight ends is always pretty high, I'm pretty sure. 
the safety blanket. Oh, the good old safety blanket. Let me ask you one, Matty. One to throw you in with the, with the recent uh, injury to J.K. Dobbins. Who benefits the most from him being? Is it Gus Edwards or is it Lamar? Do you expect Lamar to take more runs because he's out? No, I think like I think like does Lamar jump up your your QB standings now that J.K. is out? No, I think I think that I think that Gus Edwards. I have him as an RB, a back end RB two right now. Um, after the injury, I think that they want to keep Lamar Jackson upright. So I think they're going to throw the ball. Like if you look at guys that they brought in in the last two years, they brought in, I know Sammy Watkins is Sammy Watkins, but they brought Sammy Watkins in. They brought in um, Rashad Bateman. They drafted him this year. They drafted Tylen Wallace and they have Hollywood Brown on their team. They still have Devin Duvernay on the team. Again, these are just guys in some cases, yeah. like Duvernay, James Prochet. But they're always um, just guys until the quarterback starts exactly. throwing them the ball, right? Miles like, Boyd Bateman had there. an. Did you see that catch Bateman had in the last preseason game? Yeah, he's it was incredible. Good. And that, yeah, it's kind of good. But but Lamar plays that ball perfectly. Yeah, if Lamar can stay there, hang in the pocket, and get the ball out to those guys, I don't know what happens. I think that's what they want. I do, do not think, think that they want Lamar to run more. Well, see, and here's the other thing. Baltimore's always had those three running backs. Like, Gus Edwards was third behind Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins. Like, do you think they go out and maybe try and get us somebody else? They might go grab a, a veteran guy. Like, I don't know, maybe it's a Todd Gurley. I don't I don't know the answer to that. But they, they're at least going to explore the options. I, I just – I think Gus Edwards is probably – getting you know 250 carries this year that's that's a lot of carries and he's a big man so he can handle the workload so i'm not worried about that i mean justice hill probably jumps up the rankings a little bit uh and then we'll see after that i think the other guy's tyson williams yeah um is a guy that they that they like and, and he may be the backup to gus edwards it's just going to be really interesting to see what they do would i be surprised they brought in todd Gurley or a veteran free agent maybe like a Bring back Mark Ingram. Yeah. No, Mark Ingram's a starter in Houston, which I still Yeah, well, he might want out of there too, especially if Deshaun gets traded. Oh, we didn't even get – maybe we'll get to that next time. The that's rumors the, of Deshaun to the Dolphins. That's, like, the, that's the next one. That's the yeah. next one. Well, that's it for us on the premiere episode of the Front 4 Fantasy Football Podcast. You've been joined by myself, Matt Casey, and my co-host, Jeff Azaparty. Until next time, check you later.